The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the Week. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so shop now with BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack. A selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. It's getting way too complicated for me. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. We're up to our long-distance dedication, and this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's go start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn diff dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god, last goddamn time, I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's getting way too complicated for me. It is Thursday, January 19, 2017, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. Hey there. Hi. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be one of those shows, and I'm telling you, uh, I'll get to exactly why it's going to be one of those shows in just a second. Got to tell you that we're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or go to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Chez. Easier still, you can just go to bobseska.com and click the link that is Charles Bowen's uh, lovely photograph on the front page of bobseska.com. He's talking in an, into an old-timey phone while sitting on his desk. Go do it. All right, uh... Why is it going to be a crazy show? Well, first of all, it's the uh, Trump crisis day 82. It's getting way too complicated for me. And tomorrow, Chez, by this time tomorrow, Donald J. Trump will have the nuclear codes. China. In his possession. Yep. (laughs) I can 
tell by the tone of your voice, man. You're just like, oh god, it's just like that last moment before the roller coaster goes downhill. You're, we're crawling uphill slowly, ching, 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 ching. I don't ching. have a. I mean, I don't have an answer. I don't. <laughs> there's nothing that that can be done. There's nothing we can do to to save ourselves at this point. I know. I know. It's just, you know, the thing that, it's like what I wrote about yesterday, the thing about his, how his, his keep America great just happens to be the tagline of the purge. (laughs) It's, there's nothing, you know, that was by accident because as I, as I mentioned in the piece that I wrote about it, one of the most disconcerting things about Trump is that he doesn't, like Matt Taibbi said really, really eloquently, um, he doesn't have interests no. or hobbies the way the rest of us do. You can't imagine him. You know, they asked him about what books he reads. And, and, and in addition to the fact that he's probably <laughs> ill-fucking-illiterate. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, you just you can't see him liking books to begin with or music or, oh, or no, no, anything. No, no. There's nothing that you know that there's nothing in this world that really makes him happy other than talking about himself and making money. You know, That's he, it. You know what he likes to do? He likes to say China. China. Likes to say China. That's one of the things. His many interests. That's, yeah, I mean, and, <laughs> under, and, under on his Facebook page, you look under uh, about and under the about section of the Facebook page. It says, "I like to talk about China." <laughs> That's it. He actually, well, he likes to play golf, doesn't he? He takes his hauls his sure, fat ass fine. out there in the so golf course and wanders around. Golf. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's it's nothing, you know. And and what I was what I was kind of getting to was that. It's not that that any one of these things is something you know horrifically. It's not none of these mm-hmm. none of these little little moments of surrealism is yeah. a deal breaker. Right. Um, unlike the big things, like the fact that oh I don't know he's a serial liar. He was installed by the Russians and he you know admits to sexual assault. Oh yeah. But but all of these little things like like that like the purge thing like the picture of him sitting at the receptionist desk at Mar-a-Lago oh, yeah. pretending pretending to write out his inaugural address with a fucking sharpie yep um the, those <laughs> on a sketch just, pad by the way yeah those <laughs> things just they just stack up yeah they just they're just <laughs> moments of uncanny valley mm-hmm. terror by the time this is from politico by the time he is sworn in on friday donald trump will have undergone a haunting rite of passage the classified briefing given to every incoming president that explains how he can order a nuclear attack <laughs> Well, while neither U.S. nor Trump officials would confirm the exact time or location of Trump's briefing, several past presidents have been briefed on the nuclear codes at the historic Blair House on Pennsylvania Avenue near the White House hours before the inauguration. Quote, it's a sobering moment. It defines the ultimate obligation that you might have, said Andrew Card, who served as chief of staff to George W. Bush. As you might remember, Andrew Card was the guy who walked up to George W. Bush and whispered in his ear that we were under attack on 9-11 while Bush was reading My Pet Goat. Uh, it's also likely sobering for millions of Americans who heard a series of Trump rivals warn last year that the New York mogul must never gain access to America's massive nuclear arsenal. And I'm telling you, and I, I've mentioned it a couple times on the show, and honest to God, I think that there is, uh, there is something to this, that sometime in the next four years, um, and hopefully he won't last that long, but realistically, I think we should gird our loins that he's going to last four years at least. That at some point we're going to see a mushroom cloud. We're going to see a video of a mushroom cloud. And I don't know if it's going to be because of an attack against a uh, foreign power, against North Korea, or God, it may even be against uh, uh, this. China! Right. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. It might be a test. I mean, that's the most likely scenario is that Donald Trump will ignore all of the test ban treaties and do an above ground nuclear test just to say, F you, especially to China. All right. 
And so he's going to uh, he's going to do that just to gain respect to the people around the world because he's completely lacking in all of that. He doesn't have the respect of the American people, much less people around the world who are all looking at him as some sort of autocratic dictator. That's the word overseas. Wrong. They're looking at Donald Trump overseas the way we look at, say, the president of Turkey or Vladimir Putin. One of these autocratic dictators. That, that's the reputation that we've got right now. Our, uh, our incoming chief executive. It's just, first of all, it's a, you know, I, for the hell of it, I, um, uh, I, I, was re- I think I was reading, you know, I reading over the piece that I wrote yesterday. And at the bottom, it links back to a bunch of other stuff I read. And I went back and I, went back and I read, I, I read, it's, it's almost interesting to go back and look at the, at the sort of Trump greatest hits from the fucking campaign. Yeah. And, and to realize what we went through and how he is still somehow president of the United States. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading over the, um, the, the thing about him being his own uh, press, sec- press uh, person. Yeah. When he, when he posed as John Miller and John Barron. <laughs> yeah, his own, his own PR guy, right? His own PR guy, right. <laughs> Which is so insane. And I then know. I got, you know, and then I, I forgot as I was reading it, I got to the end of it. And he was on the Today Show. And Savannah, this is during the campaign, Savannah mm-hmm. Guthrie played it and said, is this you? And he lied he and said, no. no, it's not. That's not, you know, it's a lot of people trying to imitate my voice. There are a lot, very many, many, many imitators out there. Oh, yeah. Impressionists trying to, so it's not, it's not me. I, this is the first time I've ever heard of this. In other words, it's like it's so like ridiculous. you take a step back and you're like, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's like he just fucking lied. Oh yeah, he just lied. He just told a, a, a one said something that was one hundred percent not true, and he knew it wasn't true. Oh yeah, yeah, and we played those tapes on the show. It's very obvious that it's him. And we just and we just people let it go. Yep, they just didn't care. Right. <laughs> Of course they did. And didn't yeah, care. and again, that's another one of those those in this case I think that's actually more than a little sort of uh, uh, uh you know surreal oddity I think as I called it yesterday. Uh, to me that was a flat out. That was that was uh it spoke volumes about who he is as a person. Oh yeah, totally. But I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, the fact that he poses at the receptionist's desk at Mar-a-Lago for a fucking picture where he's, you know, <laughs> know, where where he's he pretends, he pretends that he's writing out his inaugural address because you know Dan well that he is not writing his own inaugural address absolutely he is absolutely not writing his own inaugural address it's being written by Stephen miller and steve bannon wrong and you have kellyanne conway going all around saying that donald trump is writing it himself and that it's going to be very eloquent and it's going to be beautiful and he's going to lay it all out and and uh, basically saying what it should be but which it's not going to be or if it is it's only that way because donald trump actually isn't writing it but no one sits i mean how how incredibly staged was that that photograph of him sitting first of all it's at the receptionist desk right it's at the he doesn't have a desk there yeah, right he doesn't have his own desk he doesn't have his own desk so he's using the receptionist desk or i mean i'm sure he has his own desk but they decided not to photograph it there and then instead to use the uh, receptionist's desk, and then he's using a Sharpie, as you said. He's using a Sharpie to write an inaugural speech on what appears to be like a sketch pad that you would get at the Ben Franklin Five a Dime. I'm really, I just totally dated myself there, didn't I? But I think, there, I think there's still some Ben Franklins, aren't there? I, it doesn't matter. It's like on a giant sketch pad, for God's sake. I love all the speculation of what might be on the uh, sketch pad, by the way. 
Right. Like I, the, my favorite one is the super bad theory <laughs> that it's right. just a bunch of drawings of dicks. Yep. <laughs> he just loves drawing dicks. Can't stop drawing. Dicks. By the way, here is that John Miller tape. This is uh this is staggering. I just want to go back to this for a second, just to give you a flavor in case you missed this show. This is Donald Trump pretending to be his own PR agent named John Miller. So somehow there was a thing, and then she called recently about this fight and wanted to go out. And he, you know, she's got this PR machine that I guess you people play too very well, but it's uh, it, it really was nonsense. So anyway, but I don't she, think we ever reported that about Madonna. Well, she called and wanted to go out with him. That I can tell you. Um, <laughs> that that is absolutely Donald Trump. That is one hundred percent Donald Trump. Of course, it's Donald. That is Trump. absolutely twenty five years ago. That is <laughs> no. fucking Donald Trump. No doubt about it. Donald Trump all the way. And then he denies bragging, it. Right? Bragging about the the beautiful women who all want to go out with him. <laughs> and of course, this guy is getting the nuclear codes tomorrow. That is staggering to imagine that. That twenty four hours from right now. He is going to have the nuclear code. Some of you are hearing this show after he already has them. Oh, God. And you know what? We haven't even talked about the biggest news of the day yet, which is this uh, this McClatchy report, which is just un-effing believable. And, and because of the tennis ball machine, because it's getting like, Instagram, and it's just all this stuff coming down all at once, um, we miss stories like this, which is huge news. This is massive. The FBI and five other law enforcement and intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether now this is we, we know some of this, but th- they've added many more layers here that make it far worse, including whether money from the Kremlin money from the Kremlin covertly aided President elect Donald Trump Two people familiar with the matter said. The agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the Director of National Intelligence, the sources said. Investigators are examining how money may have moved from the Kremlin to covertly help Trump win, the two sources said. One of the allegations involves whether a system for routinely paying thousands of Russian-American pensioners may have been used to pay some uh, email hackers in the United States or to supply money to intermediaries who would then pay the hackers, the two sources said. The informal interagency working group began to explore possible Russian interference last spring, almost a year ago. Yeah, and and of course, and of course, uh, Comey mentioned, you know, publicly mentioned the uh, the Clinton email thing. Right, right. But none but, of this gets out. Yeah, none of this gets out. It doesn't get out the fact that the FBI went to the FISA court for God's sake and sought warrants to be able to eavesdrop on Trump and his people among others. But now we're walking into the Trump administration, which begins tomorrow with Donald J. Trump having the nuclear codes. And he is under investigation by not only the Senate Intelligence Committee, run by Republicans, by the way, for espionage. <laughs> Let's get that through yet, all right? This is so far beyond whatever bull you want to come up with about the Obama but Fast and Furious or Benghazi or whatever. This is something walking into the White House with a 30 37% approval rating, maybe as high as 40% if you look at some of the latest numbers. 
He's being investigated by the Senate Intelligence Committee, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. By the way, those last two will probably get eliminated as soon as Trump uh, walks into office on Friday or maybe on Monday when he decides to come back to work. This is what's happening. Wrong. (laughs) Our incoming president is being investigated by at least six different entities inside Washington. I'm talking about A-list entities for espionage, for collaborating with the Russians to hijack the United States presidential election. This is horrifying. And how is he going to handle this? I mean, probably not going to do anything on Friday or, or throughout the weekend based on uh, on Chez's reporting, other reporting going on showing that he's not going to work over the weekend, but he's going to come back on Friday or on, uh, on Monday, and it's going to be a bloodbath. He's going to fire, I assume, all of the heads of the intelligence community. Everyone he can. He's going to fire everyone he can and replace them with sycophants. So this oh, way, man. they can engage in this John Miller-esque uh, PR campaign in which Donald Trump creates reality. And that's exactly what this transition has been all about. That's what the uh, campaign, that's what the Donald Trump campaign was all about, all about the rigged election and all of these other conspiracy theories that he was dealing with, whether it was birtherism or on down the line. And that's the way the the Trump administration is going to function. Through all of these people, uh, it's going to be this... Uh, barrage again i think the tennis ball machine understates how bad it's going to be i spoke to a friend of mine at uh, cnn yesterday and uh she was telling me that yeah there's there's very serious concern at cnn about what the white house press pool is going to look like and how it's going to be treated meaning you know that every every idiot conspiracy theorist website is going to have a uh, a place at the table now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of, instead of being shunned the way they should be. Oh yes, and I can't wait to talk about it. in the next segment. We're talking about uh, uh, Infowars. Paul and Joseph Watson. From, from you really Paul knocked Joseph it out of the park. Oh yeah, totally. And it's so funny because we were talking about him on Tuesday before this story mm-hmm. came down. But I can't wait to get to that. Meanwhile, though, rewinding. Maybe maybe, maybe as punishment, Alex Jones will take away his middle name. <laughs> So it'll just be from now on. You're you're only going to be Paul Watson. Paul Watson, you sorry man, you're demoted. You don't, you don't deserve to be Paul Joseph Watson anymore. That's right. Oh God, that would be so funny. He's just oh, I'm just, I'm Paul Watson now. That's too that's yeah. that's too dignified for you. <laughs> from now on, you're just Paul Watson. Well, meanwhile, uh, the person who Donald Trump thinks is John Lewis, uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings. John, I swear to God, I promise you that Donald Trump thinks Elijah Cummings and John Lewis are the same person. I think you're right. Or uh, he I mixes guarantee them up. you, if you show if you showed him pictures, he wouldn't know one from the other. <laughs> That's right. He'd look at a picture of Elijah Cummings. Loser, district full of crime, not very tremendous, sad, pathetic. Oh, you're you're talking about Elijah Cummings right now. Who's Elijah Cummings? The person, right. the photo you're looking at. Oh, I didn't know that. Wrong, wrong. That's John Lewis. Wrong. <laughs> He doesn't know. Anyway, uh, Elijah Cummings on Thursday asserted that the general public would boycott Donald Trump's presidential inauguration if they had access to classified information about Russia's interference in the U.S. election. This is, again, this is in reaction to these classified briefings that Congress is is uh, is, is participating in with members of the intelligence community. So where he's, he's seen it then? Oh, yeah, he's, he's absolutely seen it. Seen oh, he's it. been briefed. During an interview with CNN's Chris Cuomo, Cummings explained that he would be attending the inauguration, but he defended the more than 50 Democratic lawmakers who have vowed not to show up. Quote, you've got to understand that members of Congress have a lot of information that the public does not have. 
And you know what? We have a lot of information. We know a lot about what was going yeah, on between that's, Trump that's, and Putin. That's, yeah, that's something I said. Uh, I said the other day. Yeah, I'm like, even if even if you don't have the information that Congress has, even if you we don't have, even if that that uh, uh, dossier has not been 100 percent verified, there is so much circumstantial evidence that's stacked up that oh, no yeah. court, no court in the world would acquit this. Asshole. Oh yeah, and and again, we know a lot, but we only know the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more to this story and again and again like like taibi said that in that case why in the hell don't we know yeah. why has this not been released yeah. I know. If, if this is something the fbi if this is something that 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 you know a, a freaking six agencies has been working on and even more than that really probably for for an extended period of time why don't we know that, that is it's it's Ugh, it's repugnant. It's oh, yeah, unconscionable yeah. Well, that we didn't know before the election. I have a theory about that, and I want to get get into that theory right after we talk about Harry's razors. But I mean, the, this is—I mean—we need to get seriously into this topic. And the more information rolls out, uh, even then, we're not even going to know the full extent of what's happening because so much of it is going to be classified. Even when they start to do the investigations and the hearings. So much of it is, is going to have to be revealed behind closed doors. So we're going to have to rely on leaks. We're going to have to rely on reporting like McClatchy and some uh, some really, I mean, strong reporters, some, especially like Robert Costa from The Washington Post, who's been doing some fantastic reporting on Trump. This all needs to happen in earnest and with vigor and as rapidly as possible because we can't continue on and on and on. It took two years before Nixon left office. Nixon didn't leave office until a couple of months prior to the midterms in 1974. So um, yeah, that would put Trump, if, if Trump ended up leaving office or was, was impeached or resigned or whatever uh, on the same timeline as Nixon, that would put it in 2018. Do we, do we survive as a democracy, as a republic, for two years with Vladimir Putin pulling the strings? Do we? I don't know. It's hard to imagine that. But uh, that's what we could be looking at. It's, it's frightening. So we need to know more and soon. Quickly, quickly, quickly. All right. Meanwhile, we're going to talk about uh, Harry's razors here. Um, which, I mean, what's more important than our faces, for God's sake, guys? Let's get real here. Uh, one of the things I like most, I've got like, uh, I don't know, Chess. maybe you can answer this question for me because you're more tapped into style and trends and things like that. What's the deal with sideburns now? Are there sideburns back? Because I've got sideburns, and I'm not quite sure whether or not I'm, I'm, you know, with the times. I, I honestly no. don't know. It's, are sideburns a thing again? I, I hope they again. Be- beards are, are still the thing. Yeah. Well, I've got sideburns, and the only the best way to trim my sideburns is using uh, the trimmer blade on my Harry's razor, which is a brand new feature from Harry's. I love this trimmer blade, and also because I've got a big bulbous nose, it's it's hard to like get that hair to get that. That mustache hair right below my nostrils is really gross, but it's a spot that most guys end up missing. Regardless, Harry's. I love Harry's razors. That's how you do it. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits from the expense of their customers. Not anymore. So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory by taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet. Harry's offers their blades at half price. It's amazing. Just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore. 
What do you get with Harry's? Harry's Razors includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade, which is my favorite, rich lathering shave drill, travel blade cover, and so much more. Exclusive offer uh, for you for listening to this show. Harry's is, also, is so confident in the quality of their blades. They want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. Just cover shipping when you sign up. Plus, as a special offer for fans of the show, go to harrys.com right now, enter the code BANDC at checkout, and get a post-shave balm for free. That's harrys.com and the promo code BANDC. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey, welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for joining us today. Um, so, here's my theory on... Uh, <laughs> on uh, what's happening with Russia. I, I think... Uh, I think they're dying to talk. I think members of Congress just can't wait to uh, get the word out. And... Uh, but I think they just they have to wait. They have to wait for the hearings. They have to wait for the process to play out. Um, but I think also the problem is, and this is I, I think this is getting to the core of what I was talking about before the uh, commercial break, is that um, it, it's similar to the JFK assassination and the at least the government political. Uh, uh, reaction to the Kennedy assassination, assassination, which is at that time, if they had said like it was it was Castro or it was Russia or some of the theories that were floating around, then the public outcry to go to war uh, in, against one of those enemies would have been deafening. It would have been, uh, and that was the concern. They didn't want to risk. Um, a demand for warfare or some sort of retaliation against so-and-so by um, by revealing too much. And maybe that's the case here. Maybe what they don't want to do, maybe the reason why they're keeping this hush-hush, or maybe the reason why they kept it hush-hush throughout the, the campaign, because clearly we uh, they were starting the investigations almost a year ago based on this uh, uh, latest McClatchy report, is that what they what they don't want to do is uh, get political and then suddenly we're questioning that you know they don't want what's happening, which is the questioning of the veracity of the election, the legitimacy of what went down on election day and in the uh, the weeks leading up to that. And so if they if they're too explicit about these details, then the public outcry to have another election or something like that might occur, which frankly probably wouldn't be a bad thing. But I think they're mostly concerned with some sort of major, major public backlash, um, uh, just something that would hmm, possibly uh, undermine the legitimacy of a lot of different things, not just the election. So that's why I think they're possibly keeping it under wraps. But at some point, it's all going to come out. It's just a matter of how quickly the drip, drip, drip occurs. Uh, again, it, it, it the, the fact that we... <laughs> The fact that that through the the FBI we obsessed over these stupid fucking emails that were never anything and were never going to be anything. Yeah. That were always a, a, a nothing burger. Yeah. And meanwhile, all of this has been going on behind the scenes, and none of it came out before the election. Again, I, I don't know the I don't know the right word to use. Unconscionable is the best I can do. Mm. It's it's the most uh, dramatic sounding word I can come up with. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just, it's just wrong to know I mean, that we didn't, we didn't have to be so many little things could have taken place that could have stopped this nonsense and none of it did. And I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's the integrity of our elections. I don't think there's anything that's possibly more sacred than that, than the constitution itself. The, the fact that it was so obviously undermined the fact that, um, the charges were so egregious that the FBI actually sought to eavesdrop members of the Trump campaign to find out if this was all really, really happening. Elijah Cummings continued and said, uh, and I can tell you over the last week or two, this is on CNN again, and I can tell you over the last week or two, the classified briefings that I have been to, and if the public knew what members of Congress know, dot, 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 Cuomo then interrupted, why don't they? If it's that important that it's going to make people not go to the inauguration, shouldn't people know? Cummings argued that Congress needed to move forward with an investigation into the whole, into the role both Russia and FBI Director James Comey played in influencing the U.S. election so that more information could be released to the public. See, they're, they're going through uh, official channels, which I think on one hand is smart, on the other hand is slow. <laughs> slow, because it needs to happen now, right now. 24 hours, he's got the nuclear codes. Cummings said, quote, it seems as if the Republicans are sort of letting President-elect Trump sort of just move forward with regard to the conflict of interest issues and this whole hacking issue. Uh, and I'm really concerned that we as Democrats have to push harder on Republicans to do something so that our standards are met and that he uh, gets rid of these conflicts and he also deals with the hacking. Well, he's not going to deal with the hacking. He doesn't even believe the hacking occurred. Or if he does, he's, he's completely whittling it down to, well, it was just a hack and it was some... Uh, some bad apples. <laughs> I'm just surprised he hasn't even mentioned that term yet. The bad apples. Bad hombres. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, going back to, I want to get back into what you were talking about with regard to the press. Because this is a big deal and this is going to be a big topic we're going to talk about on the show today. Um, and it's this uh, war against reality. We're now in the post-truth, post-reality era where whatever you disagree with can summarily be labeled fake news. And then the fake news is real news. That's the that's the, the switch. That's the switcheroo. The real news is now fake, and the fake news is now real, because Donald Trump, his main news source is Breitbart, probably right. secondary news source Infowars. Yeah, exactly. Alex Jones. You know, we did. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this show over the last four years, at least over the last. I mean, we've been doing this show together coming up on six years now, and in that time. We spent quite a bit of time talking about Alex Jones and wondering how is Alex Jones uh, relevant to the conversation? Is he a player? What's his participation? What uh, what kind of influence does he have? Well, here it is. Alex Jones is going to be basically uh, the most high profile, privately organized PR agency for the Donald Trump presidency. Alex Jones is setting himself up as the number one source for, for flacking for Donald Trump, for pushing the Donald Trump agenda. And he's doing it via all of these ridiculous conspiracy theories. And on top of all of that, he may just have access. Alex Jones may have access to the White House press room. Yeah. He's trying to get credentials. Yeah. So a, guy, first, a guy who... Who doesn't believe that Sandy Hook actually happened? That's right. And who believes in chemtrails? <laughs> believes in chemtrails. Believes who it. says that? Who says that DARPA is using weather weapons? DARPA just bull. 
just using nonsense. A, using all those tiny helicopters and airplanes to move the tornadoes all around. He also believes, you know what else Alex Jones believes, in case you're just joining us. <laughs> Alex Jones also believes that the federal government, which is now run by Donald Trump, which well, I will at least as of tomorrow, it has been poisoning juice boxes to interfere with the hormone development of young boys with the goal of turning all young boys into gay people. That's that's the idea. That's the theory. That is actually what what Alex Jones spent significant amounts of time on his show talking about. In fact, on his show, he took one of those juice boxes and tore it all open to show the inside of it, the hormone disruptors or whatever, the endocrine disruptors, he was saying, and which there are chemicals out there in consumer products that do disrupt the functioning of the endocrine system (laughs) inside the human body. There's no denying that. But what where. Alex Jones goes crazy is when he starts talking about how the government is deliberately doing this in order to turn young boys gay. There are white folks and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Because for some reason, the federal government and up until now, Barack Obama wanted an entire new uh, population of gay people starting at age three or whatever children start drinking those juice boxes. And this guy has got uh, the ear of Donald Trump. Unbelievable. So, okay, so let's backpedal here a little bit. Trump, he's going to pick and choose which, uh, which journalists have access to the White House press room because he says the press room is not big enough to satisfy all the people he wants to have in there. So he's going to take out, and that's his excuse, he wants to take out all the legitimate reporters and journalists and replace them with bloggers and alternative media people. A bunch of propagandists. Yeah, a bunch of propagandists who are going to tow the Trump line and 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 spread fake news, legitimately real fake news. I think to say real, like, is that the proper use of terms? Real, <laughs> authentic. I, I should say authentically fake news, like deliberately fake news. And this is what he's going to do. The press corps, meanwhile, is fighting back. There was an open letter written uh, from the press corps to Donald J. Trump saying, "Do not screw with us." Adam, I hope they, I hope they live up to that. That'd be nice to know that that the press is actually going to, unlike the Bush years, that the press is going to take a, a hard line against uh, against Donald Trump. Kyle Pope, the editor in chief and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review, penned an open letter to President-elect Donald Trump on behalf of the U.S. press corps, setting some clear ground rules moving forward. Quote, in these final days before your inauguration, we thought it might be helpful to clarify how we see the relationship between your administration and the American press corps. The letter starts before writing up the list of eight demands. Pope offered background on Trump's relationship with the media over the course of his campaign and since winning the election, which I assume includes lying about this guy, John Miller. <laughs> who was his, I mean, talk about all the crap that falls down the memory hole because there are so many things that you can't even remember all of it. I, I, until you brought it up, I had completely forgotten about John Miller, that whole episode. <sighs> Quote, you've banned news organizations from covering you. You've taken to Twitter to taunt and threaten individual reporters and encouraged your supporters to do the same, which, by the way, don't uh, downplay that. That's going to be a big aspect of this. All the Pepe the Frog people going around as as Trump's flying monkeys and intimidating anyone who crosses Trump. Don't forget that they are neo-Nazis. The alt-right are neo-Nazis. And they've got a long history of intimidation of the public. These far-right extremist groups. And so, and, and God, it makes me shudder to think about what is going to happen along the parade route during the inaugural tomorrow. Um, not to mention the uh, the, the uh, march on, on Saturday. 
I mean, I, I again, I'm trying not to really lean on the panic button too heavily, but God, the amount of vitriol and and uh, moral rot among uh, the alt right and the people and the supporters of Donald Trump, I'm 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 really kind of fearful in terms of what's going to happen. Uh, and I hope it's all peaceful. I hope it all goes down without any sort of problems. But I mean, if you look back at the the Bush uh, inaugurations, there were protesters who were uh, pepper sprayed at point blank range. If you go look at the photos, it was pretty heinous what happened. But that was only in confronting law enforcement. You're going to have law enforcement. Plus, you're going to have the bikers that Trump is bringing out. <laughs> He's going to have bikers there to serve as, uh, I don't know, as some sort of de facto security force. Plus, you're going to have all the alt-right people, and you got to know that they're going out to uh, to counter-protest at the very least. So Friday, keep a close eye on what's happening Friday, because it's not... I, I hope it's going to be good, but it, it, I think the sensible money is on the fact that there is going to be trouble at the inauguration on, on Friday. So we'll see. But, I mean, I'm getting way off track here. Um, this is, uh, I think this is the upshot. We're going to, uh, actually, we're going to take one another break and when we come back, we're going to get to the upshot of the whole press thing with, with Infowars and why Infowars cannot be allowed within, uh, a hundred miles of the White House press room right after these words. Hello, it's Bob to tell you about our Patreon page. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is a Patreon page? It's a website where you can help support our podcast by donating money to the show. You can sign up for $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month, or if you're filthy rich, you can sign up for more. In exchange, we'll bring you exclusive Patreon-only content like our post-mortem shows, memberships to the after-party, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of our free show. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll bring you new shows every weekday. That's patreon.com slash bobandchez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Wrong. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Okay, we are running way behind on the Amazon link this month. So if you want to go shopping at Amazon.com, go to BobSesco.com first. And just beneath the logo, you'll see a, uh, a link that says Amazon Link, all capital letters. Just click that link and it takes you to the front page of Amazon.com, as usual. By the way, you can bookmark it. Once you click over to the front page of Amazon.com through our link, bookmark it so you can use that bookmark every single time and you don't have the, to do the additional step. Plus, if you uh, if you happen to have a small business and you and you source your materials from Amazon.com, make sure to go through our link and we get a small commission from everything you buy and it really, really helps support the show. So thank you in advance for doing that and going shopping through our Amazon link. All right, moving along here with the show today. Um, Infowars got scammed. These are the people that uh, that Donald Trump may want to give access to the White House press room. And uh, our favorite reporter at InfoWars, Paul Joseph Watson, <laughs> because he's so serious. Paul. Exactly. He's a very serious man, you can tell, because he has three names. Three names. Uh, got completely scammed. You might recall how... Uh, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. He didn't get scammed. He's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's right. He's just a bad reporter. He, yeah, he's just a lousy reporter. He's mm-hmm. a he's a, a you know I'm not even going to call him a journalist. He's just a lousy you know a lousy uh, yeah. stenographer. So what happened was you might have remembered on Tuesday's show we brought this up. I forget if it was on the postmortem show or what, but we talked about this article when it came out uh, on our show, and the headline was "Report CNN Buzzfeed to Release Damaging New Trump Tape 48 Hours Before the Inauguration." Well, if you're doing the math, that would have been Wednesday afternoon, and there is no 
tape of Trump. Basically, it was like it was that BuzzFeed and CNN were going to release the Tom Arnold recording of Donald Trump saying that was going to be the thing saying saying like that and a bunch of like misogynist and racial slurs when he worked on The Apprentice. Exactly. And so that was the news that broke on InfoWars. Alex Jones made a big deal about it on his show. He was tweeting about it. And then it was a big banner headline on InfoWars because this was supposed to be, I mean, obviously this would have been hugely damaging to Donald Trump. If it had had been true, which it wasn't. The news came out yesterday from BuzzFeed that some guy in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, a guy named Marcus Muir, a 27-year-old marketing professional just sort of just sent a text message to Paul Joseph Watson, Mr. Sirius, and 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 made this claim and without verifying it, Paul Joseph Watson just said, "I'm going to run it." <laughs> and that's what happened. He's even got uh the uh the screen grab of the text exchange. The uh this guy from Scotland wrote to Paul Joseph Watson. He said, "Hi Paul, I work for NBC." That's all I can say. <laughs> love that i'm contacting you as your dms are open and the subject demands immediacy to stop this a two-minute video has been cut from the apprentice outtakes which are very damaging nuclear in impact it's going round at the moment to pick up some backers cuban flint <laughs> sorry mark cuban and larry flint i guess but the plan is to leak it to cnn and buzzfeed as the ultimate fuck you on Wednesday at 3 p.m. I have the details on who is leaking this shit. Either the campfire bombs on them just now. It's hard to read this text. Before it goes or the team prepare for skull f***ing. I have no idea what that sentence even is. Uh, yeah, right. Willing to pass names and details to Steve B. Are you and Alex in touch? <laughs> I guess Steve Bannon. That's yeah. who Steve B is. Probably. Um, and then Paul Joseph Watson replies, this would have been the same day. It was January 16th. The text was sent. Paul Joseph Watson replied the same day. Yes, Alex is in touch. <laughs> that Sleep tight, America. A- Alex Jones is in touch with Steve Bannon, who's probably the senior us. advisor, who is the senior advisor yep. to the incoming president of the United States. Uh, and then Paul Joseph Watson writes, I can write up and release an article tonight if you want to give me whatever whatever other details you are comfortable with. Right. And then uh, and then the guy lays out the uh, the plan here right. in another right. text. And, and, text. And of course, Paul Joseph Watson, because he's a fucking idiot, goes right. with it. Just runs with just it. Just ran doesn't, with it. Doesn't confirm his this guy's identity. Doesn't get a second source. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not even about the second source on this yeah. one because that would that would obviously be going too far for uh, mm-hmm. for Infowars. It's not about that. It's about it's about even bothering to <laughs> to, to confirm that this guy is who he says he is. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, as soon as I read that, the first thing I thought of is that we should basically tell everybody listening to this story, uh, listening to this show right now, <laughs> bombard Infowars with tips. Yeah, just bom- just tell them you're somebody you're not, and just bombard them with bullshit. Yeah, because they're obviously not going to sp- they're not going to spend the time to check out who you are, and they're just going to run with it because they're stupid. I'm going to see if Paul Joseph Watson still has his DMs turned on. As, would this be, uh, I think this is on Twitter, but I, I, it doesn't look like he does. Oh, yeah, send a direct message. You can send, okay, so if you go to Paul, I guess his uh, his Twitter handle is Prison Planet. 
Of course. Super serious Paul Joseph Watson with a super serious uh, profile pic. Uh, go to at Prison Planet on Twitter. That's P-R-I-S-O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T. And then just go over to the little uh, wheelie icon thing there and then click it and it says send a direct message. So you, <laughs> you can send Paul Joseph Watson all kinds of fun messages that way. Just fill his inbox <laughs> with all kinds of fun stuff and see if he runs with it. Or just run stuff that you know. Send him stuff that you know that he's not going to run, but just will absolutely troll him. <laughs> because I want to waste all of Paul, jo- Paul Joseph Watson's time chasing down uh, trolls. Right, but he's not going to. That's the thing. He won't no. chase down trolls. He'll yeah. just go ahead and print it because, you know, either either he is a terrible journalist. Again, I don't even want to use that word. He's a terrible, he's a terrible reporter. Yeah. Um, or, he, or he genuinely doesn't care. You know, you know he, he genuinely look, you know what it, the, the story did, it's, uh, did what it set out to do, which is nothing, nothing these idiots, write. It's the equivalent of the weekly world news. Nothing these idiots write is for real. So really why bother whether this one story was bull****? Right. And by the way, he's like a main guy at Infowars, Paul yeah. Joseph Watson. I mean, he's like the editor at large <laughs> is who he is. That's his title at Infowars, editor at large. They're going to Alex Jones isn't going to he's not going to be so pissed that he takes away his middle name. He's going to make him he's going to make him revert it to an initial, though. So it's going to be Paul Paul J. Watson. (laughs) If he makes another mistake, then he gets his middle name taken away. Oh, hell. I mean, he may get promoted for this. I mean, we're we're living in the sort of the reverse world. We're living in opposite day now. Yeah. Well, like like I said, I mean, nothing they write is for real. So who gives a when everything you write is bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Meanwhile, uh, Roger Stone, who's completely not mentally ill, um, thinks he's being poisoned with polonium. Did you see that story? On, yeah, tu- yeah. on Tuesday, uh, Roger Stone, best known as one of Donald Trump's advisors, made quite a mammoth claim that recently he had been poisoned with polonium, the radioactive agent best known for being used to kill Russian spy uh, Alexander Levenko in 2006. I think I just butchered that name. Litvinenko. Stone made the announcement on Alex Jones's Infowars and also tweeted about his allegations uh, or his uh, alleged diagnosis. I became extremely ill. This manifested itself in over 14 days of high fever, delirium, night sweats, had lesions on my chest and my face. The general consensus is that I was poisoned. I was poisoned with polonium or a substance that has the characteristics of polonium. And this made me exceedingly ill. What a bullshit artist. Of course it's of course it's complete bullshit. Of course it is. <laughs> I don't know the calculus of it to make it seem like Russia poisoned him. I guess that I guess the idea is to make Russia seem like the enemy and then they're they're not in cahoots with Russia. That Russia is retaliating against pro Trump people too. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the rat f- here. Who knows? But I mean, we do know that uh, Roger Stone is completely full of shit and probably one of the couriers of information between the Trump campaign and Russian intelligence. I'll just throw that out there. Remember, Roger Stone knew about the Podesta stuff in August and it wasn't released in October until October. That's what he tweeted out in, in late August or it was in mid to late August, something about how there was going to be revelations about John Podesta forthcoming. And sure enough, revelations about John Podesta came out via WikiLeaks. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, so uh, we're going to take uh, one last break, and when we come back, we're going to try to make a phone call. We're going to try to make a phone call to Paul Ryan's office right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business 
proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. The Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Really, really appreciate that. I want to call Paul Ryan here in a second, uh, but before we do, I got to talk about Betsy DeVos. Paul, Paul, jo- Paul Joseph Ryan. Paul, Paul Joseph Ryan. But but before we talk about Paul Joseph Ryan, who's uh, super serious because of the additional name, I don't know if his actual middle name is Joseph, but wouldn't that be awesome? Is it Davis? Paul Davis Ryan? Paul Davis. (laughs) Wouldn't it it be funny? I I have I have I I have a a particular fascination with Paul Ryan. I have that really super cute picture of him doing curls on my wall, like a poster of it. (laughs) Right. I mean, I love the one where he's doing the shake weight. That's especially appropriate. You know, for all of the masturbation that's going on. You know what would be great is his middle name is Ryan. If his name was Paul Ryan Ryan. <laughs> it would be good. <laughs> all right. Uh, Betsy DeVos. Let's talk about Betsy DeVos for a second. because She's going to be the next Secretary of Education. And she thinks that there should be guns in schools because of the potential of grizzly bears. <laughs> I mean, literally like potential grizzlies. These are the idiots that Donald Trump is nominating to these posts. Meanwhile, Rick Perry didn't know... <laughs> that Secretary of Energy is mostly all about the nuclear arsenal. Right, yeah. (laughs) He thought it was about pitching oil and gas to people. That's what he thought the job was. Unbelievable. These idiots. And then Betsy DeVos. Here's here's Betsy DeVos in her confirmation hearings saying that we got to watch out for potential grizzlies in schools. Do you think that guns have any place in or around schools? Uh, I think that's best left to locales and states to decide. If if the underlying question is, um, you can't say that you can't say definitively today that guns shouldn't be in schools. Well, I, I will refer back to uh, Senator Enzi and the school that he was talking about in Wapiti, Wyoming. I think probably there. By the way, she's making that up. There's no place called Wapiti, Wyoming. There can't possibly be. <laughs> Is there a place called Wa- I guess I, there is. Dude, you're talking you're talking like I'm a, an expert on Wyoming. I'll take a word for I am it. A, I'm a Wa- Wyomingologist. <laughs> I, yeah, I think she's making it. There's no such thing as Wapiti, Wyoming. And the school that he was talking about in Wapiti, Wyoming, no. I think probably there, I, I would imagine that there's probably a gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. If President, if President Trump... What? Moves forward- what potential grizzlies? 
Yeah, that uh, all of those all of those grizzly incursions we've heard so much about on the news. Yep. So we got it's a real crisis. This yeah. is, in fact, I remember uh, t- last uh, summer Time Magazine's cover. It was the summer of the grizzly. Summer of the grizzly. That's right. It was Gary Condit and grizzly bears. Yeah. Oh, Trust right. me. If there were if there if there was even if there were even two grizzlies on a school campus somewhere at different times. The media would have been basically the media would have spent uh, that in, that entire year trying to convince you you were about to be eaten by a grizzly. And, and right. And that was after members of the media's heads exploded at the notion of, oh, God, we get to cover grizzly bears in schools. That's I mean, there's no better news story. Hey, are there grizzlies in school? News at 11. And of course, there aren't grizzlies in schools. no. Nay, has there been an instance of a grizzly bear ever walking into a school? Maybe I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so let's let's call Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan from the first district of Wisconsin. Um, he doesn't know that there are twenty five thousand eight hundred people in his district alone who are covered under the Affordable Care Act, who have health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. Twenty five thousand eight hundred people. Let's give him a call. All right, I'm going to try the main number. I don't think the main number is going to work because I've heard that it's disconnected, but it could possibly work. We never know. We never know who we might get through to. Um, this is the no- the number I'm calling is 202-225-3031 in case you want to try yourself. So we're going to give this a uh, going to give this a shot here on the show. Uh, speaker phone. The old. I'm using the old fashioned technique of just holding the phone. The office of Speaker Paul D. Ryan. Your views are important to us. So please listen to the following message. It's D. Paul D. Turn. Ryan. Hear the nope. speaker's statement on a better way forward. Press one. To express your opinion on President Obama's health care law. Press two. Mm. To express your opinion on Second Amendment rights. Press three. Mm. No. To express your opinion on tax reform. Press four. No. To hear the speaker's statement on Iran and their nuclear capabilities. Oh. Press five. No, definitely not. Like to leave a voicemail for Speaker Paul Ryan. Please press six. Okay, six. Hi, this is Speaker Paul Ryan. Thank you for calling. I want to make sure that this house works for the people who sent us here. Hi. That's why it's important for me that your voice be heard. Please feel free to share with us your ideas and your concerns. You can also contact me at www.speaker.gov. No. Thank you very much and have a great day. Record your message after the tone. When you've finished, you can hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, uh, Mr. Speaker. I just wanted to call. My name is Ches Pazienza, and I was just going to call and tell you that there are 25,800 <laughs> people in your district alone. That's the first district of Wisconsin who have uh, insurance that they love, that they're satisfied with under the Affordable Care Act. Those 25,800 people in your district in Wisconsin are going to lose their health insurance if you repeal Obamacare. Please do not do this. Please move on to some other business. Um, myself and the rest of the Pazienza family would like you to know that we will not be supporting you or voting for you or anything of that nature uh, if you decide to kick 25,000 people uh, in your district off of their health insurance. The maximum recording time. Oh, bullshit. All right. That's, well, so that's, that's it. <laughs> see, that's, that's, see it. that's not right because I would have actually told him to go suck his own <laughs> You were far nicer than I would have been. Hi, this is Ches Pezienza. Please go suck your own dick. <laughs> or better yet, get a potential grizzly to suck your dick for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How did that sound? It sounded a bit like this, would it? 
That's the uh, ugly turn this show has taken today. Because Donald Trump is going to have the nuclear codes tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, all bets are off, I guess. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I'm not making that up. 25,800 people in, in Paul Ryan's district alone. Done. How many of those people have cancer, some sort of catastrophic injury that they need uh, medical uh, help for, ongoing medical care? I don't know. It's got to be a lot. I mean, what they don't understand, six out of 11, uh, six out of every 11 enrollees in Obamacare are in Republican districts, red districts. That's a majority of the people who have policies under the Affordable Care Act are in Republican districts. The satisfaction rate among Republicans is 74%. And they don't care. Paul Ryan doesn't care. Donald Trump doesn't care. Mitch McConnell doesn't care. Call and voice your uh, dissatisfaction with Paul Ryan at 202-225-3031. You can also call 1-888-909-RYAN. Hi, my name is Paul Ryan. Check out my shake weight. Wah, 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 wah. That's, uh, by the way, Ryan is, uh, the numbers that go along with Ryan are 7926. You can also call 608-752-4050 or 262-654-1901. The uh, Rolling Stone just uh, just posted the official, uh, from Matt Taibbi, the official Donald Trump inauguration drinking game. (laughs) Throw your your livers in the air and wave them like you just don't care. I'm telling you, the uh, lock her up chance is going to break out at least once. Build that wall. It's oh, yeah. Break out I, I guarantee it. You're right. Yeah. After- with, with, with Hillary Clinton sitting right there. That's, <laughs> that's, they've waited for that. <laughs> After party on Friday. We'll see you there. It'll be Donald Trump as, as president at that point. Bye-bye. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you.